0: I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey for the low, low price of $8.99. If you prefer less risk, we also offer a supervised journey with airbags, safety harnesses, and an on-staff paramedic for $13.99. $14.99 gets you the same package with your choice, vegetarian or gluten-free menu options. For $17.99, we'll tell your family you drowned, arrange a fake funeral, and provide contacts for establishing a new identity in Costa Rica. Reservations are limited. Call today.
1: Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host Adam Campbell. Today I'm being joined by Aaron of Down to the Crossroads. How are you, my dear? Super duper. Fucking A. Right. Awesome. <laughs> well, I am sitting here with a cup of coffee in my Yoda mug. Yoda is a Star Wars character, for those non-nerds listening. Thank you. It's an awesome, awesome mug. Hold on, this is what it se- Yoda sounds like sipping. <sighs> yep. Uh, Just like you and me. Yeah. All right, so uh, we have a great show for you this week. It is March eighth, and uh, I forgot last week to air because <laughs> I'm retarded. <laughs> I totally forgot to let people know who won <laughs> Darren's contest. <Totally>. <laughs> so <laughs> he like emailed me midweek. He's also uh, <laughs> How's that you're gonna going? release that? <laughs> you gonna uh, let people know? Uh, I was like, Fuck! <laughs> so I'm sorry, people. The person who's won already knows, so this is for everyone else's sake, I guess, to get pissed at, because now you know that you weren't (laughs) chosen. But uh, I'm going to air the little bit that I spoke with Darren on. Of course, we waxed on about a bunch of other things. It's always nice talking with him, so uh, I look forward to that at the tail end. We're going to start off with the Nine Cents Letters. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing. If you've listened to, let's say, three of the podcasts we put out three of the nine cents podcasts at least three then you should have a solid understanding that this is a satanic podcast (laughs) discussing satanic topics or topics through a satanic lens i've done a number of greater magic episodes and so the idea of or i'm sorry Uh, the frame that a Satanist sees magic in is different than those that may claim to be spiritualists or druids or Wiccans or whatever. And so every once in a while I get an email from someone that says they listen to the show, but I'm not entirely convinced that they do, because if they did listen to the show, they wouldn't be asking me things that they're asking me in said emails. This is one of them. And so I've titled this The Magically Blinded Minded. You'll get it. And, of course, Aaron's here, so we're going to do some Down to the Crossroads.
0: Hey. What's this one? This one's called One Man's Love Song is Another Man's
1: Blues. Hmm. It'll all make sense. Cool. Well, this is episode 32. Can you believe you've done this 32 times? I can't. I cannot fucking believe that. That's awesome. It's bananas. That's at least a year, right? I don't know. I'm not good at math. (laughs) It's less than 10 years, I think. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually good. I think it is less than 10 years. Okay, so... <laughs> um, my wife and I watch a lot yes. of uh, Gordon Ramsay shows. Because, mm. I don't know, we like watching food shows anyway, but it's nice seeing people yell at other people sometimes. So that's always oh, fun. Oh,
0: so that's the, that's the yelly guy? The British yelly guy? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> I don't he know, I always... think there's a couple of them that have come up since that. Since mm. he started it, that sort of mimic him. Anyway... Uh, he, he has this sort of signature dish dish of his called beef Wellington, which always looks really crazy, insanely delicious whenever Mm -hmm. we see it. And so my wife and I just sort of looked at each other one day and said, we should make that, which in turn, of course means I should make that. And I was (laughs) like, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. And so we got the ingredient list and we, as in I, went to the grocery store to pick up all of these (laughs) ingredients off of a British recipe list. And so there's some conversions that had to be made as I'm standing in front of the butcher and he's looking at me like I'm a fucking crazy person. And uh, so it was fun gathering up, you know, wandering around the aisles of this grocery store trying to find all of this wildly specific ingredients for this dish. And um, I had no idea how expensive (laughs) it would be to make. But uh, let's just say I could have gone out and ordered it for less (laughs) <laughs> then it took me to buy the ingredients and make it. I don't know how it works out that way, mm. but it does. So, uh, yeah. And the, the butcher, this lady that was doing it, I was like, I, I want two pounds of this beef. And, you know, it was all specific and stuff. But she looked at me like, you realize that's <clears throat> almost 30 bucks a pound. I was like, okay. God. And she's like <laughs> looking at me like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I just want two pounds. I know what that... I, I can do math in my head. I know what that costs. Give me the fucking <laughs> request. Give me what I request. So, she goes back and she takes out this big, like, big chunk of meat and starts hacking it up trying to get the two pounds and she can't do it. Like, she cannot do two pounds. I don't know if this is her first day being a butcher or if she's just <laughs> flustered that I'm buying something that, like this and I look like I do. <laughs> like, I don't know what it was, but she was not in her game. At all. Honor game. Well, game.
0: probably first thing is that she's a woman and she's a butcher. She should know better. <laughs> it's a man's job.
1: <laughs> I, it, you always imag- or I always imagine at least a really overweight man, like an old overweight man being a butcher.
0: Like Sam the Butcher from yeah, like, the
1: Bernie Cans. Pr- probably foreign. Oh, yeah. I remember Sam. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, you're kind of you were thinking
0: more like a sinister butcher, like a Russian butcher. <laughs> I was or actually like, thinking, like,
1: Boardwalk Empire Jewish.
0: Wow, I was just going to say Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, I, I'm with you,
1: man. Totally. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, that actor was awesome, actually. That whole that show was, was fucking awesome. awesome. God damn it, I miss it. Um, I except that last Anyway. Anyway, my story. Okay, so <laughs> I, I get all my shit, and I come home, and it... it. Well, here, here's something that I should probably preface this experience with, is that w- words used in British recipes do not translate the same. I don't understand how this is possible, but the puff pastry requested, I should have fucking made my own, I should have just made it myself, but I actually got some that was already like created in the freezer aisle. And the puff pastry that I purchased that said puff pastry, just like the recipe said puff pastry, which should have said pie pastry, which I could have made super quick had I known the difference, But it said puff, so I bought fucking puff. It's actually like this super crazy 800 billion layered, almost like its own baklava pastry, Mm -hmm. like little sheets that I'm supposed to be wrapping this beef wellington in. And let me just say that if you've never done this before and you're using the wrong fucking type of dough, you will have a period of depression that will take hours to recover from when you can't make it look like fucking Gordon Ramsay makes it look. And my wife is in the background saying, like, Oh, this is the first time you've done it, don't feel bad. I'm like, it's not me, it's a fucking pastry, and it's not my fucking fault! They said puff pastry, I bought puff pastry, why the fuck isn't it doing what it's supposed to be doing? Like, if I just would've known, it would look fucking perfect! So I know it's not my fault, it's the fucking conversion fault, and I don't understand why we can't have the same fucking words for every goddamn thing! Why there has to be two different versions of it? Why? <sighs>
0: <clears throat> my goodness. So. I've never heard a man get so worked up over puff pastry
1: before. <laughs> I have a passion. <laughs> it's kind of so, charming. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and here's the other thing. I didn't take into account <laughs> I, how many fucking mushrooms I would need. And so I was trying to do this mushroom cream layer on, like on top of the prosciutto. The mm-hmm. What's that?
0: I said you need at least an ape to get through this. That's that's a drug reference for
1: those people listening at home who. She's talking about marijuana, I think. So, I had to get. Oh, okay. Well, that actually makes a lot (laughs) more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Actually. (laughs) And it would have had to be a lot more than an eighth, just saying, because I got this gigantic. flat cap mushroom like I mean it was a monstrous mushroom and I chopped it all up and actually this is the one thing my wife did she chopped up the mushroom and everything and I started sauteing it to sort of leach all of the moisture out of it so that it would have a nice layer and it didn't look like what his looked like on the show and I just assumed it's because I didn't have enough but then when they here's another language barrier they say Cook it on high for 10 minutes to leach the water out of it. And so I put it on high and you put anything in a hot pan on high heat and it's going to just burn. So we just burned the fucking expensive ass mushroom I bought and it's not even enough. So it's like little ashes, mushroom ashes that we sprinkled, we, <laughs> <laughs> we dusted over the prosciutto before we put down the mustard covered loin of beef. <laughs> no. it was just and then trying to wrap it i'm screaming because it's oh not holding together i try to brush it with the egg yolk all professional mm. style and it's just taking the first layers of this baklava-esque pastry finish <laughs> off instead of like sticking to it it was oh just God. this horrible 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 nightmare of trying to cook this thing but i have to say it looked ugly as fuck but it tasted goddamn amazing
0: well that was, was that's the important part, right? It is. It is.
1: But I, I did I, I do want to have it a little beautiful, you know. i like to have that crispy cut and everything. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well. Kind I hope you learned your it. lesson.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know now how much it fucking <laughs> don't cost it make. Don't ever try things. <laughs> and I will never don't try, never it try and... what a professional chef does again. <laughs> Cheerios for me. All right. So that was my experience with beef wellington. I'm, we are actually planning on doing it again, but now that we know you know, what's going to happen. We're going to make it awesome. I think with with
0: any good recipe, you're going to ruin it at least once or twice before you got it down. I made, Mm -hmm. I make one thing. See, I don't like to cook, but I like to bake and I'm really good at baking um, cake balls and they're kind of, kind of, I'm kind of notorious for my cake balls, but um, I made at least 10 batches that were just pure shit. Before oh, I actually made even one cake ball that was presentable. So you just have to keep trying. You're going to fail a couple of times. If it's worth making, you're yeah. going to fuck it up a couple of times beforehand. Because then when you get it down, then you then it's art.
1: <laughs> I want to try your cake balls. Yeah, man.
0: You do. It's You do. All right. Well,
1: you will. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. <laughs> oh, here's here's something that's kind of bothering me. It shouldn't bother me. It shouldn't matter. But, uh, just, you know, for those of you who follow Nine Cents in social networking, um, if I post up something that my kids do, don't like it more than stuff I post. All right? (laughs) I want you to like my shit more than you like my kids' shit. This is upsetting (laughs) to me. That's
0: never gonna happen. Your kids are always going to be doper than you are, Adam. Just what, the
1: crap, <laughs> what the crap, man! What the shit? It's so frustrating. I, I like post them. Oh, this is so cute. This made me laugh. I'm planning on taking it down in a couple minutes anyway. So you know, just a little glimpses is what I like to give people. Mm. Force on them is probably the more accurate term, <laughs> and uh, then it just starts getting so many damn likes. I'm like, well, fuck, I can't take it down. Oh, and she yeah. gets all excited. Did people like my pics here? I'm like, ah. Mm-hmm. And every single thing I've ever put up is just like, eh, yeah, okay. <laughs> she puts it up, it's like, woo, yeah. Like, <laughs> you,
0: it's like a peek behind the curtain into jo- my relationship with Josh too. So Any I post something that has to do with Josh, the whole world stands up and applauds. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this happens in real life, too. This isn't just a Facebook phenomenon. We go out to bars and people are like, oh, my God, like pushing me out of the way. Like, it's Josh Latta. He showed up. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, now you understand how it is. Kids, people are always going to like your kids better because they're cuter first. Yeah. Yeah. And second, they're smaller. They're kids. Everything they do is precious. Well, you Nothing you can do is precious, Adam, right, to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, do, I love telling is, you
1: that, but... Is there an age cap for dropping them off at the fire, um, firehouse?
0: I don't think so. Up to the age of uh, 18, I think you can just toss them out. All right. It's never too right.
1: late. I have mean, no reason. Though, now I'm asking. I'm just, yeah. I <laughs> just don't
0: wonder. I'm curious.
1: And uh, like I mentioned before, we're going to give uh, the winners, so I'm going to force you guys, use guys, to listen to the entire show before mm-hmm. I... Because you don't know what a forward, fast forward button is. Um, before I <laughs> announce who won Darren, Darren's wonderful contest is uh, Back from the Dead, the Harsmith Sessions contest.
0: So cool.
1: Lots of fun. <laughs> Let's do a little nine letters, yeah?
0: Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. All right.
1: Though I am an active member, I do not speak for the Church of Satan.
0: So this letter starts, hello, nine cents. A group of people has started on a small project trying to stop ISIS by means of magic and cursing. And magic I would like to call, what magic with a K? Yeah, let's not let's gloss over that. <laughs> and I would like to call out to you at nine cents and the listener to help us. Info on the project: the group in Denmark are working according to the following plan. Start next new moon so that the Magnus has time for planning length for now until next new moon what uh, what to use and then there's a lot of words that i can't <laughs> there's voodoo and, and stuff um there's, there's hoodoo hoodoo and voodoo <laughs> that's dope by the way thank you for your attention to detail um anyway they're gonna target the head of isis and they're gonna use magic um and they want to know what we think if if that if we think giving support, or do you think that bullets and bombs are more helpful than magic with a K? And that is from Denmark. Um, and they love the show, so and they want us to keep it up. So
1: So this is what almost you, calling out to us and the listener. Yeah. I'd like to know how the hell they know the the our listener. number. <laughs> <laughs> we have one listener. Um, oh, my gosh. I don't even know where to start with this. Okay, so. Well. You, go ahead.
0: <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, um, first of all, there's too many Ks in your magic. You're going to yeah. have to, and I, maybe this is just a language thing because you are from, from Denmark, but yeah. I don't think that this is helpful at all. It's You might as well sort of be praying for all the good that you would do with this. Uh, magic is not going to solve
1: the ISIS problem.
0: Magic is okay. because.
1: It's it? weird because it makes it more occulty. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Okay, okay look, if, look, if you really do love the show, then you know that we're Satanists. And you know our worldview of magic is not the same as any... I'm going to obviously now say yours because of the way you presented this. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> magic for us is very much a personal thing. Now, I, I'm going to go on a limb and say I dislike ISIS as much as anyone. <laughs> Except for maybe the Iraqis.
0: Not me. They probably all...
1: hate them more. Um, I mean, Aaron's a fan, but... You Huge know, fan.
0: Oh, sis. Oh, sis. Oh, sis. terrible. Just, just kidding. We have to
1: but, see? uh... <laughs> <laughs> magic in and of itself is something that that is supposed to... Uh, lesser magic, obviously, it's applied psychology. Greater magic is... Uh, overcoming personal hurdles uh, and trying to inspire you. Look, I know that not every Satanist sees magic the same way, and I know that there's some Satanists who genuinely believe that you can do really fantastical things with magic. I am one of those that believes that you can nudge things, but they have to be things you're involved in. So you perform a ritual and you... uh, find a sense of satisfaction or clarity and use that to then do whatever you're trying to do, whether it's get the girl or, or you know, get over that ass hat that you're working with or, or you know, that dude that hit your kid with his car, whatever it is. Um, I, I do not think that we are going to collectively for the next month uh, <laughs> practice our hoodoo and voodoo and then all of a sudden ISIS and the ISIS general are going to topple. I mean, our country has been bombing them for months, uh, thousands of uh, of bombs, and they're still kicking it. So I don't think your uh, your hoodoo is going to do it. I'm just saying.
0: But keep listening. Awesome that you're a fan. <laughs> it's good to have fans in Denmark.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I get to some people. Here's the other thing. This is this is a dramatic difference between a Satanist's view of applying magic and everyone else that believes in magic, certainly anyone that believes it with a K. <laughs> and it's, it's that, one, it's supposed to be about things that are affecting you individually, and that's how you can influence it. Why do you care? Like, aside from saying that I'm just a really wonderful person, and I, too, am against oppression and murder... Why would you, like, why are you going to take the energy and push it over to ISIS? And if it's so effective, if it is such a clear way to succeed, why isn't the government performing magic? Why don't they have covens in a big circle around the Pentagon just performing daily magic at the right face of the moon? Uh, so X is in orbit over Y, and then we, if it's so fucking accurate and worthwhile, why aren't we doing that on every war, <laughs> every side? Do it. This is oh, this is the argument I have with my wife. Uh-oh, I'm sorry to honey about uh <laughs> natural healing and really herbs and shit. Oh yeah,
0: let's dish, girl
1: fucking drives me crazy she is a huge fan of natural remedies because Uh, they're in books and people with long names wrote them and they talk about a history of this working if that fucking worked why are there doctors Uh, why is there any medicine at all and more to the point of the thousands of years of these natural remedies having worked why does it still exist why are there still these problems if you can just cure them with these natural remedies come on Use your fucking head. The same thing with magically thinking, the same thing as these fucking natural remedy doctor bullshit. <laughs> There's a reason why we had to come up with penicillin and we don't just suck on tannis root. Wow. I don't know why I said tannis root. is just like the only root that stuck in my head from fucking Rosemary's paper. It
0: works for me. It seemed to calm you down, so I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm
1: I'm sorry. Could,
0: I couldn't agree with you more, though. I am I am against all, so, all forms of alternative medicine. I am completely... Uh, towing the line of, uh, you know, evidence-based medicine.
1: <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And, and to follow that through with this, evidence-based uh, works. So what's more productive? <laughs> um, <laughs> sending humanitarian, if, and this is all on the premise that you want to help. I don't care. I don't want to help.
2: You obviously
1: want to help. You obviously care. So what's going to be for you more productive? Sending um, humanitarian aid? Or good vibes. or Yeah, or performing these rituals. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying anyone in my audience that wants to do this, hey, we brought it to you. This is what they're doing. If you want more info, just shoot me an email and I'll shoot you the info. If that's your bag. But <laughs> if in a month nothing has happened and you're just sitting there with your magical hat and wand wondering why (laughs) well we just fucking told you why this is not the way it works this is not how reality works i know you want it to i wanted it to work like that when i was a kid as well Mm -hmm. i don't mean to be condescending when i say that but there is a point where you should be able to look at reality and say okay well that is real
0: (laughs) yeah thank you true
1: (laughs) at some point i'm just saying at some point you have to wake up yeah everyone wants to be able to fly everyone wants to teleport everyone wants to magically think about a bad thing happening and have it happen Mm -hmm. as many times as you may want it or as bad squeeze (laughs) your eyes and face and scream please that doesn't change reality
0: (laughs) oh my god I could this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart I could talk about this for hours but um, but thank you for writing and um, it's awesome to have fans in Denmark
1: love you guys. I actually am a fan of uh, the Denmarks.
0: <laughs> the Denmarks?
1: <laughs> That's what they're called, right?
0: Please? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was almost embarrassing. Almost. <clears throat> <So close. laughs> you want to do a little uh, Down the Crossroads?
0: I don't know. Do you?
1: I really want to. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. For Let's sure. Do it. All
0: right. All right. <laughs>
2: Ever had a question about religion but couldn't find the answer? Are you interested or skeptical about cults, magic, or ritual? My name is Witch Zaftig. I'm a scholar of religion and a witch in the Church of Satan. Allow me to research your questions and answer them on my nine-cent segment, Unorthodoxy, with Witch Zaftig. I can address anything from Scientology to Raelians, Moonies to Ritual Magic, even the Eucharist, and of course, all things satanic. Send your questions to Zaftigworks at gmail.com. And tune in every month to Unorthodoxy and with Witch Saptic only on 9 Standing in the
0: back door crying.
1: Ah, right, there you will. She you want to stay out in this blackout? Sure is dark tonight. Thank you for the ride, sir. I think I'll be fine. Do you yourself. <laughs>
0: What are you doing out here?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm headed down to the cross crossroads. <laughs> Wait, Miss, you can't be. You're the you're the devil. devil. But you're you're beautiful. beautiful. Just sign here.
0: Oh my God. Hey, everybody, it's down to the crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm working on a new theme song. Uh, <clears throat> so, yes, this uh, episode of Down to the Crossroads is called One Man's Love Song is Another Man's Blues. And if you want to listen along at home, which, of course, you do. Otherwise, you're just listening to Adam and I go, yeah, mm-hmm, <coughs> that's cool.
1: Um, I knew the so white man's to... overbite too.
0: <laughs> oh. just
1: so you can imagine it.
0: You can. So go to my uh, Facebook page at Down to the Crossroads and click on the link to the Spotify music because you're going to want to hear these songs because otherwise we're just going to be going, duh,
1: a lot. Duh. Duh. This is really good music. So So this
0: is, the theme should become apparent as we go through these. And if anyone, you know, by the second song you're not getting it, maybe we'll um, work on that. But (laughs) so let's play the first song, shall we? And this should be. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Should be very familiar oh. to most
1: people. Oh, yeah.
0: People have heard this song one way or another, at least once in their life. I'm almost 100% sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, so this is Lead Belly and the song is called Where Did You Sleep Last Night? And, um, you know, it starts out. He's on his 12 um, string guitar like he likes to play. And it's a, this very mournful song. And he's talking about for, he's asking his girl like, what's up, honey? we were ready right last night. <laughs> Where might you have been? So good. Yeah. And she tells him she was off in the woods somewhere. But uh, I don't think he believes her. And I think he goes out looking to see what was happening and ends up dying out there. It's a very sinister song. It's an old song that Leadbelly He didn't write. He didn't invent the song. It's a traditional song. It was called... Uh, in the pines originally. And it has its roots in African-American music and American music, it was sort of cu- a country ballad at one point, it has all these permutations as a song, which is why I love the blues and why everyone does and why you should love the blues. Um, because it's just sort of this, this thing that goes along and just picks up everything that it sees and then turns it into this golden <laughs> tale and the sled song is is the perfect example of that you know it's it's sort of ambiguous there's the storyline doesn't exactly wrap up night, neatly which i like Oh, for sure but the, probably the, i guess the most famous cover of the song is nirvana's um unplugged version did you ever yeah. listen to nirvana did you like yes, nirvana i did thank you did you um, love this album the unplugged
1: yeah i like the uh, manic the world better oh yeah in this cover but i did yeah I like I this agree. version of it
0: yeah he does a pretty uh, uh kurt cobain's version his singing on that is something else it's really uh you know when he does that he goes real high and he sh- sort of screams like mm-hmm. still so i can just think about it and it gives me kind of like goosebumps but uh yeah that album was really influential to me and i think You know, it's just another one of those reasons, like those things that I hear, you know, growing up that were so formative that go, go back to the blues, you know, and that's why I love the blues so much is because almost everything in my life I can trace directly back to like these strange old black men that I never met and how, how that somehow influenced everything in my life.
1: It is, goddamn. you know, we live in a, a society that, that demands everyone is racist and the mm-hmm. second you claim you're not racist you, you they sort of double down that's a racist statement of itself you know yeah. it's everyone is guilty and th- there's just this lack of appreciation for a culture that has done more for whitey in my opinion <laughs> mm-hmm. than anyone else ever in the history of history like every, th- i love that you mentioned that you can uh, trace a lot of your experiences back Mm -hmm. to these these black men and women who whom you've never met Mm -hmm. but they still have such such power over Mm -hmm. over your life in these wonderful ways with this music i feel the exact same way and i always i feel guilty saying it Mm -hmm. um (laughs) just because it's this we it doesn't make sense on its face but you just feel it sometimes it I don't even know how to describe it because you have to be able to divorce yourself of this idea of, well, it has to be black or white instead of it has to be masterful playing or influential moments in time that echo throughout all of eternity. And we are just hearing the reverberations Mm -hmm. and it, it just moves you because it, it's just like sound it just moves hits you and it moves through you and it comes right back and you're just Mm. caught in it and there's nothing you can do so it does truly truly connect with you whether or not you're a specific ethnicity whether or not you live in a specific generation this stuff is so goddamn powerful i i -hmm. I love that you mentioned that i really yeah
0: you know, it's weird. And it's almost embarrassing to admit how much I love the blues. And there's no way for, there's, I haven't found yet the words to describe it to someone, you know, because people often ask me about my uh, about down at the crossroads. I run into people who say, oh, what's this you do? You know, and I try to explain, like, I just talk about the blues like I just I just love it so much. And I still I don't have the words to to explain, like, what it means to me. And I hope maybe someday maybe that's my mission in life now is to somehow find the words to express what the blues means to me because it is so so much deeper than anything I could possibly ever explain but it makes no sense and you know some people are like oh I can't listen to the blues it just seems so weird I'm you know I'm some white guy from New Hampshire what do I know about the blues and it's like what don't you know about the blues you know everything about it you know everything you need to know to enjoy the blues that's the thing is jazz it's fucking phenomenal it's unbelievable you hear it and you're like what the fuck are they doing like how are they playing that those notes where did they come from but the blues man. It's just fucking makes sense like you don't have to go like whoa is that like a seventh diminished like blub you know like who gives a fuck what the notes are like can't you hear what he's saying can't you hear feel what he's playing just through like these i mean they didn't even know how to tune their guitars half the time but it came out as just this most the most authentic music that has ever been made and that will ever be made you'll never do this again folks you might as well give
1: up and it just, it just echoes in generations down the line. I mean, just like you were mentioning about this specific song and um, Cobain doing it in his live uh, MTV Unplugged album. It, it's a powerful thing that you don't realize the history of this music. You yeah. just know that it hit you and yeah. you just dug it so much. And then with a little bit of digging, you realize this has been around mm-hmm. and played by some of the best musicians and worst in time and there's a history to this one little thing that just connected with you for no reason Mm -hmm. i mean unlike unlike rock or unlike uh industrial or something or house music Mm -hmm. this is something that echoes within your fucking soul Mm -hmm. it is not something that you opinion based like or don't like it is something that you feel you can't help it. It's it's like classical music. It, it just it mm-hmm. strikes a chord in you, and you just sort of go with it. Yeah. And that is why it's so wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's just they somehow captured lightning in a bottle. You know, it was a time they just it's like the mob you know like the mafia in the united states like there's just this confluence of events that became like a perfect storm you know because mm-hmm. these songs existed before the blues like this one that we just played the sled belly song it wasn't his song but he made it his and kurt cobain wasn't doing some un, you know just the traditional version of uh, where did you sleep last night he was doing lead belly's version and there's a reason that everything stopped and started with with blood Belly is this, these people doing this music at this time in America, you know, it couldn't have been anywhere else and it couldn't have been anyone else. And that's what I love about the blues. So, <laughs> so anyway, let's move on to the next song. Yeah. So I, I wanted to have a woman in here. And of course, Bessie Smith is one of the best women in the blues. <laughs> so here we are. I'll be quiet at the beginning because I want everyone to hear that sort of, um, she's almost imitating like the, the chirping of a bird. And I was reading some book. I don't know where it was. I have all these books around for some reason. I, I sometimes reference them, but I remember them talking about this simulated bird chirping at the beginning of blue songs. And it was sort of a code. Um, Cause she says sort of like the noise she makes is very like tweet, twat, twat, tweet, mm-hmm. twat. It's very much like um, sweet twat. And there was a blues dictionary that I was reading that said that this, this Bird chirping at the beginning of songs was a thing that, like, female um, musicians were doing to sort of uh, advertise their wares. Like, I've got a sweet <laughs> And so that that's where this this song starts. And it ends up, at, like, this is a really, really interesting song if you get down to, like, the structure of the song. But anyway, she's basically singing about um, stealing another man, uh, stealing another woman's man in one sort of stanza and then she moves on and she talks about how how many men she has and she but but she if she did get the one she says i got 19 men and i want one more Mm -hmm. if i get that one i'll let the 19 go so what she's saying is like she's a total slut but if only because she hasn't yet found the right man see if she's got 19 men but if she found that one she'd let all the others go because obviously the problem is the 19 men they can't satisfy her but if she found that one man and she give him We're all, all chasing the chasing after up.
1: that one man.
0: <laughs> Aren't we all? Yes. I, then, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, not, not me. <laughs> well, no, of <sighs> course not you. But, um, <laughs> but it's as she sort of goes on to, to to talk. First, she advertises what she's got, and then she talks about how she has to um, go find other um, women's husbands to sleep with, and then she's talking about how she'd be faithful to just one man if only she could find that one man. And then she talks about the man that she's with and how they don't get along. So she moves <laughs> on. She's got a, then she goes to, and um, finds a man who is cheating on his wife with her. And then, I mean, it's this crazy story and it's all done in like, you know, 10 lines or something like that. But it's this great story about how we're all just looking for that one person b- to satisfy us for the rest of our lives. But in the meantime, we got to do some shucking and jiving. We got to do some bed hopping, you know, we got to figure this all out. And so it's a, it's a pretty interesting song for a woman to sing in the, you know, this is in 1930 something, yeah. <laughs> but she's very much like talking about sex and sleeping around and, you know, falling in love with other people's why, you know, husbands and, <laughs> cuckolding and all of this stuff and Mm -hmm. fascinating subject so
1: do you think a a lot of people see it see relationships like that where instead of um you know just filtering through individual to individual they are going to spread themselves with as many individuals until they find that one as if there were just one that could
0: well yeah i think times are changing i think things have changed so much in in just since i was like an adolescent you know uh views are changing dan savage is changing people's minds everywhere (laughs) and uh you know we're monogamish now a lot of people but um I don't know, you know, I don't believe in the that there's only one person for everyone. I do, I don't believe that at all. I think it's fucking bananas. But yeah. at the same time, and but that's not to say like the relationship you that I know you have with your wife that that's not real. You know what I mean? I, I think you can find someone who is the one for you for that life. But I don't think that you have you're supposed to look for that one person. But you can certainly find someone who you're like, "Oh, I'm done." I don't, yeah, I, don't I mean,
1: do. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the one for now that you're willing to put the time in for, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, rather than there is that sort of Disney-esque uh, one person for right. you, no matter what. It's it's a it is like you said. It's a crazy wacko notion, but even even in this. It, you know, she's collecting this group of men trying to find that one that they, she would then, you know, shake them all loose for. Mm-hmm. But is it just the one for that moment? Because she might change her mind in a, in a few <laughs> after she's connected with that one. and She keeps continually searching. So it's sure. this never-ending chase of the right one for right now. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, everyone's different. I know people that, that marry their high school sweetheart and have been happy for 20 years whatever years and then there's some people that aren't i think it definitely depends on the person i don't and i think times are changing now so that people can be more free to do what they think it speaks you know is right for them i guess Mm -hmm. but um i don't think that people i don't think it's fair for anyone to say either one is correct you know i don't think you say you know, monogamy is the only way to go or for people to say that polyamory is the only way to go. It's whatever the fuck you want to do. That's the beauty of this is we're making progress. It's not, we're not supposed to be putting more um, rules in place. You know, whatever makes you fucking happy, man. If two people can find happiness forever, then yeah, that doesn't that sound great? <laughs> but I don't it's, think that's necessarily true.
1: Yeah. It, it sounds like it's such a revolutionary idea. But she was talking it back in the 30s. Sure, yeah. No, <laughs> so
0: definitely.
1: this is absolutely not new. I, I love how we we have these thoughts and we think they're so original and so exciting and so revolutionary. And then we're like, oh, this has been around for <laughs> so long. It's just been kept down quiet below the, the din of uh, everyone else's bullshit.
0: Yeah, and I would definitely owe that sort of... Um, prudish behavior to the to religion you know the only reason mm-hmm. that we don't mm-hmm. fuck who, whoever we want to fuck whatever we want to fuck them is because religion pick one you know any of them for the yeah. most part um except the good ones you know what I mean um <laughs> <laughs> they're not gonna tell you you know religion they tell you who to fuck and when to fuck and why and you're and people you know, should, sometimes imagine if we didn't have to do that <laughs> imagine if we were all just like do whatever you know like As long as we're consenting, we're adults and we're happy and everyone's fine, then maybe it's not the end of the fucking world if we're not coupled off for eternity. Very true. Anyway, let's move on, shall we? Hell yeah, I love this next one. Yes, this last one I saved for the last because I knew that you would really enjoy this one. And I do, too. I think this is the great way to end the segment because it's such a fucking good song. This is just a good fucking song. I don't care who the fuck you are. If you don't like this song, I don't know what to say anymore. Maybe you don't like music. (laughs) Maybe you just. But anyway, this is Muddy Waters. Everybody knows Muddy Waters. He is the father of modern Chicago blues. He took he took the Delta blues. And he made rock and roll, you know what I mean? Like he just took the Delta blues, he plugged in his guitar and all of a sudden we get rock and roll. And every fucking bit of rock and roll comes through, if not from Muddy Waters, at least through him. <laughs> it touched him at one point in time. Uh, and this song, he's talking. you know, it's a little vague at first, but basically this song, he's been a fool all his life. He's been crazy, but he's done fell in love with another man's wife and... I think the title is great, you know, still yeah. a fool. <laughs> but, you know, how many times have you been the fool for somebody in your life? And, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I even said that to somebody once that I had had to leave. I was like, I'm everyone's somebody's fool, but I'm not going to be your fool anymore. I'm going to go be somebody else's <laughs> fool now. But, you know, everyone understands what Muddy's talking about in this song. It's just like, you know, I got two trains running. One's going this way, the other's going that way. I don't I'm probably going to pick the one that's the going to crash pretty soon. That's going to turn mm-hmm. into a train wreck sooner than later. But this song just, I mean, you can hear the influence. I mean, Muddy Waters is as influential as musicians call them. Howlin' Wolf, Muddy Waters. They're the people that took the yeah. Zelda blues into the, its next permutation. Took it into rock and roll. And... You don't. You don't get much better in this song. If you've ever, if you like rock and roll at all, then you gotta love Muddy Waters because it doesn't make any sense otherwise. Otherwise, like, the syllogism doesn't work. A equals B, therefore, you know, and how's that work? A equals B, B equals C, therefore, A equals C. So you know what I mean? Right. If you like. Rock and roll, you gotta like Muddy Waters and you gotta like Howlin' Wolf, otherwise you sh- you can't call yourself a fan. I'm gonna go ahead and say that right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun.
0: <laughs> anyway, but yeah, both Muddy Waters and Lead Belly, who we were talking about earlier, they've both been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Muddy Waters in '87, I think. Lead Belly was in '88, but they both, you know, they're it's bona fide, you know, <laughs> like they they're part of the, the scene. And you can hear if I don't know if you you know. Um, if, do you like the black keys at all?
1: Um, a little bit, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think their right. sound. I don't own anything of theirs, think,
0: but yeah, white stripe. You can hear all, so much rock and roll. Led Zeppelin, of course, like mm-hmm. completely. Rolling Stones. Everybody's mm-hmm. heard Muddy Waters and took that and ran with it.
1: I love I love the idea because there, you know, it, there's two i'm sure more but there's two ways to look at this i'm a fool why kicking yourself while you're down i keep doing the same old shit every single Mm -hmm. time i can't help it i just keep doing it and you're sad about it you're you're depressed about it or there's just the acceptance hey i'm still a fool man i can't i can't (laughs) control it i'm just gonna ride it i'm just gonna go with it i know it's gonna end up bad i'm gonna keep doing it because that's who i am
0: yeah yeah i mean there's a lot to be said you know (laughs) about um the idea of self-actualization and sort of realizing who you are and what that means. And then, but then there's like another level where where people go, well, I'm just an asshole. And then they use it as some sort of excuse, you know, well, I'm going to stay in this shitty relationship because I'm just a fool and this is all, you know, (laughs) but you know, maybe people, a lot of people need to be more in tune with what, who they are, you know, (laughs) are they the fool? Maybe so, you know, and and maybe that's your role and maybe you accept it. Maybe you like it, who gives a shit or maybe you want to change it. So then change it. But, Yeah, Muddy Waters is
1: gospel. That was badass. I I I really, really dug that. Um, The whole segment, thank you so much. You bet. Where can the uh, good people listening tune in to a little Down to the Crossroads?
0: I'm on the Facebooks at Down to the Crossroads. (laughs) I'm on the Twitters. I tweet tweet my tweet at ChelseaRoll19.
1: I don't Mm. ever tweet my tweet, but... (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. Twitter, Twitter, tweet. Twelve tweets. Yeah. Uh, definitely check it out. There's there's a lot of content that you don't see. <laughs> you don't see any of it on this, but you don't hear, <laughs> you don't experience, unless you follow her in social media. Uh, do yourselves a favor, people. Erin is bad at fucking ass.
0: I'm okay, I guess. Love it. <laughs> All
1: right, let's do a little creature feature and close this thing down. Dope. And now, later. Oh, the creature the feature. <laughs> Welcome to another creature feature today. I'm being joined, back by popular demand, Darren Diacide. How are you, man?
3: Good. The populace demands me, eh?
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta do more of these uh, video releases or music releases so I can have you back on and chat with you more, since it's so rare. Yeah, well, you know, do we really need that as an excuse? <laughs> no, well, I don't know. It seems like it, but <laughs> I've been having withdrawals,
3: man. <laughs> yeah, we could we could bullshit any time on nine cents, really, if we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, That's true.
1: That's true. But we're here for a specific reason. So you were on the show a couple weeks ago, and we had talked about "Back from the Dead," your new series of uh, videos. The Harsemas Sessions. Um, We let the audience know at that time that this was, in fact, wrapped around a contest, and for those of you who shared the videos as they were released one week at a time, you would be entered into a hat, and that hat has been filled and a winner has been chosen, and we will deliver the winner's name here in just a second. But there's a couple things (laughs) I'd like to talk to you about first about this process. Because this is something new, right, for you?
3: Doing a contest or the video? Uh,
1: the contest just based around social network sharing.
3: Oh, yeah. I, I, man, I avoid social networks like the plague as much as I can. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I do realize what it is, the nature of the beast. And, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I love to give incentives for people to, to get some – some of my music out there and get some new interesting things out there, because yeah, as, as time goes on the, the the nature of the beast is being clamped down upon and beset upon in every direction, and it's <laughs> it's becoming harder and harder for interesting things to peer above the surface in social networking, and yeah. you know everything is is slowly swarming towards memes and uh and whatever the hell Facebook does, I don't even know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's getting to the point where you have to buy the right just for the audience that has opted in to follow you to actually see your posts. It's yeah. really insane.
3: Lots of legislation, too, is starting to limit the use of airwaves. So, yeah, yeah, fuck all that shit. Let's get our interesting stuff out there.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. Well, um, I was really excited when I heard about this contest. I mean, I was really excited when I first heard about the concept of Back from the Dead, the Harsmith Sessions themselves. I thought that was really incredibly interesting. I'd never heard of anything like it before, especially with, you know, the reasoning. And and those listening, you you can go back a couple weeks on Nine Cents and, and get the nitty gritty of uh, the concept and how it came to fruition about this series. Um During this entire contest process, the recording, the waiting to release, the the keeping it under your hat, uh, you know, each video in succession, what was the toughest thing about this? Or did it just come fluidly for you?
3: Well, the toughest thing was actually getting this done, I have to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) It was not easy. Um, To put it into a nutshell, uh, I just had to incorporate a lot of help from a lot of different people because uh, originally it was supposed to be spearheaded by a group of people who just kind of dropped the ball. So it really was a combined effort. It, 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 eventually a colorist was brought in. I don't even know what a colorist is. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I'm a musician. I really am just a fide musician. I don't, you should see me in a studio. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't, all I want to do is just play music live. And, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm doing like three different tracks of a vocal and I'm like, why am I doing this? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, the same approach was taken, you know, my, my very <laughs> charming approach was taken towards a uh, video and <laughs> I just, I, I, I was sort of at the mercy of of others who, who really stepped up to the plate and did a great job and made it what it is. Um, and, and really I, I, the the contribution I had was the music and the, the drunken brainstorming behind it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is there any other kind of brainstorming really? (laughs) Right.
3: (laughs) It's good to stoke the ethers that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, for, for everyone out there listening, you can actually still listen and see these tracks on Darren's YouTube. You can either click through social networking pages or I'm going to leave up the contest information on ninesetspodcast.com slash contest.php for a little bit longer. Just so you have, you know, if, if you can't find it because social networks are just inundated with banal posts, you can always come to that page click through there to Darren Diacide's YouTube channel. And I would highly recommend everyone subscribe. Um, and check out some of the other videos he had there too, um, which was, to be quite honest, maybe even a shame to admit, I didn't know about until I mm. saw the very first video. And then I was like, oh my gosh, there's other stuff here. So uh, do yourselves a favor and go check that out as well. But um, yeah, let's talk about the prizes that are going to be awarded tonight. What uh, can this lucky winner look forward to?
3: Yes, we got a seven-inch record, the bottomless Joint seven-inch record.
1: Fantastic uh, I'll, record.
3: I'll write a little stanza to, to whoever wins it. And also we got the uh, Harsmith Sessions shirt. And the shirt has a proverb, which is at the beginning of the Hudson River Hangover video. Mm-hmm. The proverb is, uh, in wine there's wisdom, in beer there's freedom, and in water there's bacteria.
1: <laughs> Great.
3: Sage
1: wisdom. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, that's fantastic. So, the t-shirt, the record, free tracks that you can listen to at any time just by visiting YouTube. I mean, there's literally no way to really lose. Everyone freaking wins on this contest, and that's really, really what I liked most about it. Um, so, as these were released, we had talked just after Devil Woman Blues was released. Uh, then... The the week after Dance of the Demon Rag came out, which I had never heard before, and which was a brand new track, I think, for virtually everyone, right?
3: Yeah, that's brand new. That's gonna be on a future album eventually.
1: Hell yeah. I was really pleased with it. I whenever you know someone's especially for you, because you're very much a performer where you sing as you're playing, and so I was I was really surprised and pleased that this was an instrumental and it was entertaining and it kept you interested and going. As an artist, do you ever worry? Like, do you feel bored when you're not sort of playing? You know, all your different instruments, your vocals, and your your uh, guitar.
3: No, that song in particular, I I absorb a lot of different influences, and in the blues milieu especially, there's there's so many things to take from. And I've always been somebody who had a a, a interest in the hokum style which is like which sometimes gets called ragtime although ragtime isn't nas- necessarily the best word to describe it you know how it is with music i mean everyone comes up with their own labels and ideas of things yeah. but some artists like blind uh, Blind willie mctell and blind blake and i don't know if there's any other blind guys i'm missing here um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they they were they really explored this very staccato version of of the blues that had a lot of uh, rag to it. I don't know how else to put it, but it was uh, mm-hmm. usually involved a lot of intricate finger picking and had a very punchy style to it. And I just sat down one day and took these various pieces that I had been doodling with and just said, you know, I want to write a rag. I need a rag of my own. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where that came out of now that that's out, everyone's a freaking guitar expert, man. Let me tell you something. It's one of the things that you learn when you put out an instrumental is yeah. just how many guitar experts out there just come out of the woodwork and are like, hmm, you know, you have a very interesting technique. Is that the Locrian scale that you're using there? <laughs> it's just been hilarious the comments I really enjoy
1: overwhelmingly
3: positive but the people who all of a sudden you know don their their guitar expertise hat are are very amazing
1: that's great is that ever intimidating as a musician to have other musicians uh, poke and prod around your work
3: nah if that was intimidating I wouldn't have ever started this whole thing to begin with let me tell
2: you
3: (laughs) (laughs) everyone has their own ideas and I'm dabbling in a style here that I Mm -hmm. think that most people consider to be somewhat of a dead art form. So mm. I expect a lot of the Ingwie Malmsteen types to be like, you know, that's, that's such ancient technique. Why would you bother? Because <laughs> <laughs> they just don't get it. They would never yeah, yeah. get it. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen Ingwie Malmsteen play blues, but you'd laugh your balls off.
1: Well, I'm going to have to check that out online right after this now because I do not recall ever having seen it. Um,
3: yeah, type in Malmsteen and Blues. But it's good for a laugh.
1: <laughs> I'm going to do that. Well, that wasn't the last track. So, I mean, just this past weekend, you released Hudson River Hangover. Now, this is a, a track that has been out in the ether, we'll say, for a little bit. And it's actually a, one of my uh, – Favorite tracks of yours. It's a really, really fun listen. Um, was it. First of all, the location, Harsemith Cemetery. I mean, this is a. You know, throughout all these videos, we got to see little different elements of this cemetery, and it is a gorgeous setting. I was so happy that you didn't just stay in one place for each of these videos, um, and that the camera sort of did these sort of B roll uh, scenes, sequences, and stuff. Um, so we could get a glimpse of what the cemetery actually looks like. Was it was it challenging playing in that venue uh, as opposed to um, you know a traditional uh, studio or a, like a bar or a club or something like that?
3: Oh, you know, you have no idea, man. The that particular song, I had to climb these sets of stairs <laughs> to to get to the top, and it was on this. I, I don't know how to describe it. I think they had built a tomb into the side of the hill. And I didn't really know the history of the tomb, but the tombs go into these catacombs. And the catacombs are underneath uh, the Harsmith Cemetery. They were used as ammunition bunkers during the War of 1812. Oh, um, during the Civil War, they became catacombs that were part of the Underground Railroad.
2: Oh, and, whoa.
3: yeah, it's an incredible history behind Harsmith. And so I, the the people I was working with, they really wanted me in this one spot and it was up on this hill. And from my point of view, it was a glorious point of view because I had to climb the stairs, but then it was just scary up there because you're like a good solid 50 feet in the air (laughs) above everything. (laughs) And the chair, there's no even ground anywhere over there.
1: Teetering. So, So
3: the chair is just rocking back and forth (laughs) while I'm trying to play and I'm just like, any second now I'm rolling down this hill. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Humpty Dumpty, god damn it. (laughs) Humpty Dumpty aside, fell down the wall.
1: It ended up being a beautiful sequence. The entire series of videos, um, I'm, I'm glad they had that colorist in there. It, it, you know, it's one of those things where you even out color tones between video sequences and you sort of saturate or desaturate as necessary, adjusting exposure and contrast and stuff. And it, it does add to the finished product. I mean, these are really beautiful videos. So yeah, kudos um... to them.
3: Another aspect of the uh, the, the video that is, is sort of like untold is that we had one day to shoot it all. And uh, we had to do all three songs, and we had to do it in three different locations. And we were running a generator to power everything. And so it was really fun for, this, for the sound engineer because if you hear the raw mixes, you just hear in the background... <laughs> going on the whole time you just hear me playing and you're so so that was a challenge in and of itself but also because there was a window of time it was in the fall that we shot this and Mm -hmm. the sun is just only up for so long and by the time we got to Hudson River Hangover the sun was setting and it was it was beautiful the hue was very beautiful but if you look at the raw footage part of the reason i think we had to pull a colorist in is it just got so dark
2: man (laughs) it was
3: very hard to see anything and yeah, somebody really had to get in there and bump all that stuff up. But that's why Devil Oven Blues is all sunny and beautiful. <laughs> and then by the end of it, it's just all bleak and dreary.
1: It's <laughs> a nice, nice progression to, to a hangover, actually. Yeah, it exactly. works quite well. Oh, that's great. Oh man. Um well, congratulations on these uh, being released to the world. I I I think they're absolutely fantastic songs in their own right. But being able to see the videos behind them, the production value that went into that. Um, let me ask you one more thing before we announce the winner here. Um, when because you are a live performer, because you just expressed uh, you know mild frustration when working in a studio when you're having to do multiple takes, and because of the time frame that you just <laughs> expressed that you were in a very tight time did you have to do multiple takes of these or or were you able to do it just one after another
3: well it was a little dicey for some of them um i know devil woman blues we pulled off pretty quickly and it was just serendipity and uh, you know sometimes you have a great day sometimes you don't sometimes you have a great take it just happens without an effort and and that one was pretty simple the harder one was Hudson River Hangover. I do remember that. But that, I think that had a lot to do with, again, being just put into this precarious position. Uh, <laughs> uh, Devil, uh, Dance of the Demon Rag uh, took a handful of takes, but I think that, that it was a little bit more difficult because of uh, the sound, uh, capturing the sound accurately. It, mm-hmm. it does change when it's just a guitar. There's less... To cloud out the ambience and that environment has so much ambience i mean besides a
1: <laughs> <laughs> the generator that's kudos to the sound engineer man that's amazing
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah chris DeCoco, amazing sound engineer uh, he worked on the on the seven inch he's the guy who did that with me oh yeah and we did that all to tape no editing i mean that guy he understands the blues that guy the way he sees it halfway through the song if i fucking note up he's like cut do it again thank
1: you that's great
3: he's like i'm not auto-tuning shit man you're doing that again
1: (laughs) kane west that shit man (laughs) so like
3: yeah so um yeah but it was like everything it was like Cars going like you know we'd be in an awesome take and then all of a sudden traffic would jam on Newark <laughs> Avenue and then you just <laughs> turn uh, uh. <laughs> or like the weirdest things like birds and and all sorts of strange things the, the bird thing we tried to keep in there <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah just because we thought that was cool so there were there were some hitches with some of them but um Devil Woman was was the easiest and and it, it got progressively harder I think I think also. As time goes on and you 're doing this you're, you're and you're doing a lot of takes, you start to fry a little bit mentally, so oh yeah, <laughs> so it gets harder as time goes on
1: well uh we we certainly couldn't tell um, great job man well uh we've dragged it out long enough let's <laughs> let's announce our winner here um, so this is the winner of the Back from the Dead. The Harsemas Sessions Contest put on by Darren Dia's side, and uh, we'll do a little drum roll and go ahead and announce
3: alright the winner the winner I did this very randomly used to you know that random generator stuff on the newfangled internet everybody got a fair entry too everybody who shared and the winner is Caleb Pippen out in Detroit Michigan
1: Congratulations, Caleb. That's awesome. Okay, so you're going to be reaching out to Caleb if you haven't already. You're going to be uh, getting his information to send him this stuff. Caleb, I hope you're listening. You better take a doggone picture <laughs> and send it <laughs> over to Darren. We want to see you in this amazing t-shirt with this kick-ass 7-inch well, right I'm at that. your breast. So.
3: Now we're going to get a picture of him with the shirt on and nothing else.
1: yeah as long as the seven inch is covering his seven inch workout
3: (laughs) (laughs) he's like he wanted the shirt in seven inch here
1: you go oh that's awesome well darren thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for letting nine cents be a part of this really fantastic contest
3: yeah this is great this is it's all been great i hope the videos keep going around and i hope that uh you know all, all you guitar experts, you know, continue to feedback, And I hope everyone enjoys that. And I hope it also is a boon for the cemetery, that wonderful historical landmark.
1: It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. All right. Well, until we can chat again, my man, hail Satan.
3: Hail Satan. Thank you, Adam.
1: And that is going to do it, people, for another show. We hope you enjoyed it, and we would love to hear from you. Visit the website, 9centspodcast.com, and send your correspondence to info at 9centspodcast.com. Let us know if any suggestions, critiques, corrections, or general comments you might have. And if you do, write us. It may end up being in a 9cents letter. So. Prepare yourselves. <laughs> you might get an, a response. Uh, you can visit the Satanet Facebook, Google Plus, Twitter, and MySpace page for Nine Cents and get updated on weekly topics. And then, you know, from time to time, little glimpses of us behind the scenes or, or maybe a little bit of uh, contest information. You can download the show Mondays via the RSS feed found at 9centspodcast.com. We're also on Last FM, Stitcher, YouTube, and, uh, of course, iTunes. And if you are getting us one of those ways, give us a rating. Give us a comment. Help us uh, rise to the top um yeah if you'd like to learn more about satanism or the church of satan visit churchofsatan.com and remember that the only way we're going to keep doing this is via your correspondence either sending us the information the questions the comments or just retweeting or (laughs) retwatting or sharing or liking the uh show notes or any other contest information that we put out there share the podcast help us build this thing together Let's keep going, people. You're doing great, and we really appreciate your support. Once again, thank you for joining me. And as always, I'm your host Adam Campbell, being joined by Aaron. Aaron, <laughs> I love it when you're on here. This is I so love good. It. Thank you. Well, until next month for you, Aaron, and then uh, next week for everyone else. Hail Satan! Hail
2: Satan! Hail Satan! <laughs> <laughs>